Actually, you know what? Why don't we just keep talking, and that that will be the show. Because oh, give us an intro. Edit it give as a conversation. Intro, you know what I mean? You got to do hello, hello, hello. That's that's. No, I'll do that. I'll do that later. I'm don't I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's, it's so, so lame. lame. <laughs> it's so. Uh, I'll do it. I, it is. Hello, it's hello, hello. It's terrible. <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, you know, sometimes he actually does it four times and we have to edit it. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast. Your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. You know, it's got all those classic Prince elements. Captain. Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? Player. It's just like a story chest of ideas. Toe Jam. Either version. I love both versions. Right, so we've got our um, no-name report. No, there it's is our a name. official uh, international <laughs> correspondent, hey. all the way from London town. Yay, uh, Nikki Hi, on the line. Hello, you? Nikki. How are you going? It's good. good to be back. How ex- how exciting that we all got <laughs> Prince again in London. I mean, the country has gone absolutely mad for it. He has had such an incredible response. <laughs> it's been, it's been it's been just absolute hype since that first day he arrived. Um, and had a little press conference in the aunt's bedroom or front room. <laughs> it's been mental. <laughs> it's been mental. That sounds a bit funny. So yeah, we've loved it. Nikki, what ranking are you in the Prince Army? Are you like a sergeant or a colonel or lieutenant? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's many, 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 many higher lieutenants above me. There are some crazy, amazing fans on Twitter because of this tour. So many people um, have joined the Prince hashtag Prince Army hashtag Prince Watch because of Kieran, and I've seen it grow and grow and grow over the past three or four weeks. It's been pretty mental. I mean, I've just the amount of new followers that everyone's been gaining and the new friends that you meet. It's it's cool. I've always loved that sort of interaction with Prince fans. They're not like you know One Direction fans. We're not out to hurt each other. We've we've been looking after the tours ourselves. We've you know uh, especially with the queuing and tagging ourselves, numbering ourselves, making it official so there's no queue jumping. I mean, it's been it's been really really good. <laughs> yeah, who needs to pay for professionals to do that? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Not, not Prince, that's for sure. <laughs> so how? Because you mentioned you mentioned London's going absolutely berserk for for you know the fact that both Prince and the band Third Eye Girl are in town. For someone who's never been to London, I can imagine it's a pretty like it's got a cool vibe anyway. But how? You know, like, is it purple? Are the streets kind of um, you know? Are there, are, are, is everyone <laughs> exactly? Is it is it a sea of purple yeah, it, it, outside it, the it, gigs it, or, or really, what's going really on? Give has us a been. kind of it's scene. Been, um, the hype that's been created with this hit-and-run tour is like unlike anything else. At the beginning, people were getting a bit upset wanting a ticketed gig because people wanted to come from all over the country to see Prince because you don't 
you know, there's, he doesn't come often. And when he does, it's iconic and amazing and you want to be at these shows. He started off in Camden, of all places, one of the coolest little boroughs in London, and did, and you know, some incredible shows um, at Shepherd's Bush as well and at Coco. And he did The Guardian. He also did Ronnie Scott's. We'll get to all that. But London has just gone absolutely crazy. Celebrities have been posting and going, turning up at these gigs and getting walked in straight away. He's created a um, new fan base, new, you know, younger people getting to see him for the first time, people realising that with Third Eye Girl he's still really relevant and really modern and he's still you know, pumping out the hits. They could be reworked so it's not just like some nostalgic hits show. It's all really fresh and I think uh, London Press used to give Prince a really hard time in the 80s and the 90s but I think he's sort of um he's they've come back around to him and realized what an icon he is now he's he's been absolutely worshipped for the past few weeks he's been here I've loved seeing the response well what do you think it is do you think it's it's literally the smaller venues smaller band type thing because like he had 21 nights in London and that was a massive success as well like he was absolutely. he was big in 07 right absolutely I, mean, I think talk I of think the town. Right. I think yeah. I think the hit and so, run, small venues, new band, everything's reworked, everything's fresh, everything's really like like there's lots of angst and it's really funky and it's just it's just different. I think the small venues are creating the hype and the need to be in these shows. It's like they're all secret gigs. You never know when they're going to happen. You know, they're announced on Twitter and you have to run. You literally have to run to these gigs to get in, to line up. I did that for the King's Place gig, which I was lucky enough to get into with my girlfriend, Danny. And we, I had a Twitter alert set up for Kieran, Prince's manager. It came through on my phone. I was sitting in a pub. It came through with an address, and within 30 seconds, we were up and out of there and down on the tube. It took us 17 minutes to get from Leicester Square to King's Cross, and then we ran up to the Guardian, and we were 17 minutes, and we were about 200 in queue. So other people, you know, it's incredible that everybody Gee. was just ready to go. The Prince Army united, and we were all there, and only 400 people got into those shows. So we were so lucky, but you know wow. that's that's the dedication you have to have. Sitting in a pub, having a pint. Kieran tweets up, run, go down on the tube, run from King's Cross. I was getting so <laughs> I'm not that fit. I was running. I was like, Danny, save yourself, just run, run. You know, and she got there, and we, and we we're 200 in queue. So you know, it was it's fast paced. I don't know. It's a pretty if small I can, show, like 400 people. That's do that anymore. that's really tough. <laughs> <laughs> As much as I would love to have a pub, pub which which part, Captain? Having a pint in the above. pub or running? Or... Captain <laughs> says that, but but we all remember him running, you know, running to get to our shows down yeah. in Sydney. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody pushed me out of the way. That's free burgers. Free burgers at the after show. But um, anyway, but, I mean, back to the shows. Like those are four hundred people. That is that's tiny. And uh, like you just said, that obviously you were there. So it's like even if you were the four hundredth person, you're and right at the back. That's you're like incredibly intimate. I mean, I'm I'm imagining this, like a, a really place, small room, basically. That's know? the like, yeah. That's the king's king's place giggles. You know, about two weeks into the tour, so he'd done Camden, he'd done Shepherd's Bush already, and there was a week of nothing. Everybody was waiting and getting really, really anxious to try to find out when the next gigs would be. I'd gone down to London for the for five days, so I was there ready to go. And then, as I said, Kieran tweeted that this was happening, and it was an acoustic 
jam and a Q and A. So and at, at the Guardian newspaper, in, it was like a beautiful little concert room, tiny little venue. Is it like an opera house, like that sort of acoustic acoustics of the it room? Was, it was it exactly right. It was like a little piano recital room. It was beautiful, um, all beautiful wooden panels, and uh, the acoustics were gorgeous. You walked in, and Prince was just sitting there casually. On his, it's all acoustic setup plugged in with the girls. Hannah was like sitting down on like bongos, um, so that was just completely acoustic. We walked in and they were just jamming to "You Got the Look" and "Raspberry Beret," and Prince was just talking to the audience, just 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 saying hi, just talking. It was the most relaxed setting I've ever experienced him in. It was quite incredible. So what do you mean acoustic? Because you said acoustic plugged in. Like, well, you can you in, can have your acoustic guitar still in plugged in, so it's got yeah. But it was yeah, just it was okay, just okay. Um, there was no yeah, yeah. at that stage they had sort of a big white curtain behind what I didn't know was there, but was the whole third eye girl set up as well. So they were sitting down, they were playing. He was just on acoustic. They were jamming out. He was just talking to the audience, doing a bit of Q and A. Someone asked him, "How's London treating you?" And he just said, "Perfect." It was Valentine's, How you Valentine's feeling, Day as well, and he was like, you all know I don't celebrate holidays, but because it's Valentine's Day, and then he goes into a bit of the most beautiful girl in the world. The women were just like, you know, taking their clothes right. off. This was the most intimate venue to see Prince, and on an acoustic guitar, it was, um, I was just staring at my friend, like we, jaws on the floor, we couldn't believe what was happening. It was unbelievable. That's pretty rare. Like that, that's that, and, that, that doesn't happen a every Q&A. day. And a like that was, you know, yeah. I mean, it was it was quite short and sweet. Mm. Um, he had a little moment where he spoke about Larry Graham and religion, and he had a bit of a chat about London and about the band and about Leanne Le Havis. Um So there were a few questions asked, but he, the way he was responding was what was amazing. He was just just chatting, you know, as if. I'd never, I'd never thought I'd see sort of see Prince in that kind of environment. It was an amazing experience, and his voice is so deep and sexy. Was there any <laughs> questions that were off limits? Any, yeah. Well, any I mean, what like happened was when we were yeah. when we were queuing, Joshua Welton came out with a little notepad. So Joshua came down the line, and if you recognised him, everyone was like, "Oh my God, look, it's Joshua. That's Hannah's husband." And and he was like, "Do you have any questions? Did you know this is a Q and A?" And people were probably saying crazy things and asking. And he was writing everything down, but obviously, then it all went backstage and was culled. Um, and I guess Prince chose the ones he wanted to answer, and it was only five or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, Prince, and then Prince wrote his own questions, and then, he, and then much, they answered much. those. Oh, but I did ask a question, but it didn't ever get put forward to Prince. My question was because it's Valentine's Day. Will you please let us hear the unreleased, unedited, extended version of Adore that you promised the Peach and Black Boys? <laughs> that question went straight in the bin, I bet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it went he, straight to the He put it under his bike and rolled over it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was funny because Josh, Josh looked at me and sort uh, of well, like... Maybe next I said Peach and Black me and he gave me this like wry smile and I thought oh no he doesn't like me right now <laughs> he walked away see you Josh anyway no it was it was people were asking things like when will you be back to London and why are you so amazing and you know but 
Oh. Someone asked him, how, how are you so timeless and perfect? Like questions like that. So I don't know. I, no wonder he didn't answer many. He just, he was interested in playing. Yeah, yeah. He played Train yeah, yeah. in Vain, which was great. Like, like a Clash cover, I think. And Crimson and Clover was incredible. But what happened was when this curtain went up and the Third Eye Girl kit was there, I didn't realise we I was going to get that. Because I haven't seen Prince since, since Montreux. This was my first Prince show since Montreux. And the Third Eye Girl <laughs> drum kit was there and I just started hitting myself like I couldn't believe it was about to happen and then he came out. I think, I think <laughs> oh, I started I hitting the drum kit. That would have been right. a better story. Like, he did like a 10 <laughs> minute so version of Dreamer and Colonized Mind, Stratus and oh, then wow. it was short and sweet, probably an, an hour and a half. We had to go outside to let another 400 in so they did two shows and it was 70 pounds to get in so we were all really upset like you know let us stay let us stay but he's like no you've got we've got friends outside so you guys need to go out so we can let our friends in you know sharing is caring basically um and he got some make that money exactly well he'd been doing shows for 10 pounds hadn't he so this was the first of the 70 pound gigs yeah. Oh, it was him. Crew was just incredible. I was so I just couldn't believe it's the first show since Montreal, and I'm in this beautiful little you know concert hall. Other people, and it was packed to the rafters with Guardian journalists as well. So it was quite an exclusive show, and it was funny watching all the journos sort of fan out as well. You know, some of them probably had never seen Prince before, but you know when you see someone that's seeing him for the first time, that sort of glazed, washed-over expression they get on their face, like, what am I witnessing? This is incredible. And you know, that's how he picks up his fans. You have to see him live. He's just amazing. Here's something I don't get. Third Eye Girl on Facebook and Twitter, all they seem to be doing is posting reviews of their own show. Right. And and every show seems to be full of journalists. So what's the whole aim of this? I don't know. Don't you think this hit and run tour has been about hyping Third Eye Girl because Plectrum Electrum is about to drop? What is Plectrum Electrum, Captain? <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> Where, yeah, exactly. Where is it? <laughs> oh, we, we're not getting into that tonight. We... <laughs> We spent hours on that last last uh, time we recorded a few days ago. It. It was... I mean, I don't. I obviously don't know, but I think there's a summer, a bit of a bigger summer tour coming up. You know, he. We know he's doing the Essence Festival in New Orleans in July, and that will be a big band. That will be an NPG slash Third Eye Girl show. So there's things coming up for the summer, which I think will take him on tour with his whole band. There's rumors of him playing high in July it's coming it did say when he left Manchester this is the last show before I release the album but I'll be back so everyone's expecting him to be back at some stage at some stage this year with the NPG uh-huh. after Plectrum Electrum has been out for a while so you know this is uh, 2014 is going to be big as they say I'm really sick of that <laughs> saying actually <laughs> doesn't matter what year it is just say it's going to be big and that's all you got to do now, Nikki, th- this show was unique because they actually announced future dates from this concert, didn't they? Yeah, they at the end of at the beginning of the show. Sorry, Hannah came out and said that they would be playing Coco's and that they would be playing Ronnie Scott's and that they would be going to Manchester. So straight away, everybody went crazy. Rumors were rife about when and where and how much and how much. Everyone was planning. You know, how am I going to get into Ronnie Scott's? How am I going to do it? Because, 
Yes, you're right. Nothing had been announced previously to that. They announced Shepherd's Bush concerts at midday on the BBC on that Sunday, I believe, um, and people sort of had to drop what they were doing, drop and roll, funk and roll, and run to Shepherd's Bush Empire and get in the queue. And it was and it was raining, so I was lucky not to have bad weather when I was in queues. But the London people really showed out for Prince and showed him heaps of love. And um, I think he should be really, really happy with this hit-and-run tour. It started off a bit hit-and-miss because no one knew what was going on. Everybody was waiting on a tweet. One tweet. It was like a guerrilla marketing tour. Kieran Sharma was sort of in charge of the hashtag Prince Army and getting people to come out with with no notice, leaving their jobs, leaving their families to come out and queue in the rain for, you know, up to eight hours to see to see Prince. I don't I don't know any other artist that can do that at the moment. Yeah, especially on Valentine's Day, all those guys going to the Prince show, I'm sure they slept on the lounge that night. <laughs> I bet they did. But Listen, that's what I love about couch. male <laughs> Prince fans. Male Prince fans are just as crazy as the females. I love it. I love watching them because I don't understand if it's they all. It's just the music. It's he's just an, a musician. You know, he's amazing. But yeah, sure, Prince is so much more than that, and men go crazy for him. So I'm not surprised if there was a few that did sort of leave their girlfriends, wives, and significant others on Valentine's Day to come see Prince at the Kingsway because it was. <laughs> It was a, you know, it's never going to be matched, that gig. That was really special. And so what happened, like, afterwards? Did you, I'm assuming you've seen more, you went on to more shows? or (laughs) I went to the Coco shows, which was on the following Sunday. Coco's in Camden. It's a gorgeous venue as well. Um, the capacity, I think, is about thirteen to maybe sixteen hundred. Um, and he did he played two shows, but there was an announcement of three shows. So people were lining up all around the block. Blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks. It was incredible. I'm, I'm sure there's some YouTube footage somewhere of someone, you know, taking their phone down the line to see how long it stretched because it just went for miles. Um, people lined up from 5:30 in the morning. Apparently, what happened was someone had a, you know, like a, um, a sharpie, and they just took it upon themselves to start numbering themselves from one down to, you know, 1,200. So they were just doing it all. It, all, it was incredible, but great because <laughs> wow. there was nothing official about it. So, you know, everyone was making sure that no one was going to yeah, get yeah. in any arguments or fights about any queue jumping. It was all very – the Brits are great at queuing. That's all I'll say. We love. We we really. Love I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, with all the no, football hooligan, hooliganism and all that. Um, Even if you don't know what it's for, just get in there. It'll be exactly. something. <laughs> it was. It was quite funny watching the buses go past and people in their cars drive past with their, you know, these priceless expressions on their faces. Like, what are these people queuing up for? But I want to get in that queue. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, S Club 7? Some people um, made like a makeshift symbol on the Prince, on the, sorry, on the Coco poster out the front of the venue. From made the out garbage, of garbage bags. bags. Yeah. yeah, and it went viral. It went everywhere. And that was really cool. Like, I saw that photo. The, yeah, Prince Army had stamped themselves in Camden <laughs> that day at the Coco. And it went, it went viral, that picture. So it was, it was cool. You, you're part of like a little community. The queuing is part of it. Anyway, so I managed to get into soundcheck, soundcheck that day with my two girlfriends, Danny and Ashley, which was an amazing experience. We, we walked in and just heard this voice from behind like the soundboards say, welcome to my soundcheck. And I didn't know he was there. And I turned around and like dropped my bag and just like 
all I could see was his like fro <laughs> in the background in the dimly lit lights. Like it, it was quite an amazing. And then and then he just walked through the crowd and came up to there was about ten of us and just walked past us all um, and came and shook all of our hands one by one and looked us all. Look, he looked at me dead, yeah, Gee, dead in the eyes. That's you nuts. Know, like he proper eye contact and put his hand out and said, "Thank you for coming to my show." And I just. <laughs> I just I can't, I'm weak at the knees just remembering how deep and sexy his voice was. For such a little, like he's my height, I'm 5'2". He's such a little petite man, (laughs) but then the power and energy he exudes on stage and the masculinity, ah, it's unbelievable how powerful that man is but meeting him and seeing how like tiny he is it's it's like an oxymoron it's incredible thank you for coming to my show nikki nikki when he said um thank you for coming to my show did you respond don't you know who i am Oh, I, I wish I had have been in that. That is an incredible experience, yeah. though. I mean, that is that, that's pretty nuts. Like you, no, you I've surely never, you've never been I've in never that, been in that kind of situation before. before. That um, intimate. It was just ten of us that were allowed in, um, and I got wow. to go in with my girlfriends, which was really exciting. So did the lanyard get was, you in? Yeah, it, it was the lanyard that basically. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, just say yes. That lanyard is going to do one thing. It's going to get you kicked. Out of the but place. But I'm here for Peach and Black. <laughs> Get out. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'd been I'd been tweeting Kieran, and they they knew Peach and Black was in the house. They knew it. So I'm not I'm not I'm not am not saying anything. But Fantastic. I got into that sound check somehow without queuing up very long. So you be the judge. Um, very good. And very when good. we walked in, so Donna's on stage, Hannah's on stage, Josh is on stage, Eda's on stage. And Marcus Anderson was there as well, who's Prince's saxophone player from the NPG. That was a surprise Yay. because he's not he's not part of the Third Eye Girl. <laughs> and also, Leanne Lahabas was in the back of the room, sound checking to play that night as well. So we were just sort of looking around and trying to act cool while sort of dying a little on the inside. <laughs> In a very good way. <laughs> In, In a, a good very way. good yeah. way. Soundcheck probably went for <laughs> half an hour and then the crowd started to um, to come in. What did he play and, for the soundcheck? What an experience. He didn't play much. They, Leon Lahavis was playing Lost and Found with Marcus Anderson. They rehearsed a bit in soundcheck. Um, and otherwise he was just... They didn't actually sort of play any anything of note. They were just sort of jamming out a bit and just changing... You know, the, I don't know the Sonics. I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. So, did jo- did Josh get the cowbell levels right and all that? I think he, yeah, I, he did. He did. That's very important. <laughs> cowbell levels check. <laughs> yeah. Classic. And then those, and then the main shows, right after the um after yeah. the the rare sound. So check Coco, and, the Coco and, and show um started with Pretzel Body Logic on the sort of over the PA, which got everybody really hyped. And this show was a bit of an extension of what I saw in Montreux, but the band, the girls are so tight now. After I really, really love this group. I didn't think in the beginning I was really uh, warming up to them that much, but after seeing them six months later, they are incredible. They must be working so, so hard, and they're just tight. They're really cohesive. They're in their roles better. They seem to, um, they're relishing more being on the stage. Prince gives them so much time, solo time. You know, it's, it's, it's Third Eye Girl. It's not Prince and Third Eye Girl. They are, they are the band together. You know, they did Endorphin Machine. 
They did Let's Go Crazy oh. reworked. They did how you know everything was there. Plectrum, Electrum, Fix Your Life Up, Guitar. It was a rocking, rocking show, and it ended with a bit of a sampler set. They did Crim- Crimson and Clover, Cause and Effect, Stratus, Dreamer, Train in Vain. You know, it, oh, something in the water, which is this really funky, re- a little bit reworked again. Amazing, incredible, and the show had a little had a little bit of um, difference with the saxophone in, in it as well, which is something a Third Eye Girl show's never had before. So that was pretty cool. Mm. That was different. I've got to say, I'm still annoyed that he didn't play Endorphin Machine in Australia, and the fact that he's played it at almost every <laughs> single gig since. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's trying to tell you something. Could it be, Captain? Uh, I, I know what he's on telling purpose? me. Yeah, <laughs> I've got something to tell him to. <laughs> it's very annoying. Anyway, he's got Josh there on the cowbell, ready to go as well. It's all set. Yep. It's, it's, it's all, all ready there. to go. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> cowbell levels check. For me, I remember the Montreux experience from July last year, and and I thought they were incredible that night. And I know you've mentioned a little bit about how everything seems a bit tighter and a little bit more kind of... um, Yeah, developed, yeah. uh, Developed. But is it night and day or is it just kind of, you know, they they seem to be, you know, in another six months they'll be even tighter and in another year or two they'll be... Are they going to be around in another year or two? I'm not quite sure, but yeah, it is night and day. I think Donna is Mm. the most noticeable. Her confidence is... Has has just risen. Uh, she's she seems to be more comfortable standing beside him, playing his you know really famous guitar solos because that's the thing. He, he's giving her so much of his really iconic guitar work. I noticed that she really watches her hands when she plays, but she didn't seem to do that as much this time. And she has a smile on her face and she's dancing around and getting dirty. And Ida, we all know, is just a boss. She can just stand there and funk out and doesn't need to do much. And she wins at life regardless. And then there's Hannah, you know, just with the biggest smile on her face, constantly smiling, drumming her heart out. She, she's, she's a star, that woman. They're just great, the three of them. And Prince was in fine form as well. Obviously, he's froze looking amazing. His voice, his instrument is just on point at the moment. I don't know... People, I've heard rumours, people saying, you know, is Prince losing his voice? Hell no. He, he sounds amazing. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know why these haters have to find something to pick on, but he sounds incredible. At the end of the second show, he played um, How Come You Don't Call Me, just on, on piano, to a screaming room of, of half-drunk, you know, London fans but managed to get everyone in such a hypnotic state because of his cooing and his, like, vocal quivers and sexuality just oozing. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's, there's no way. There's, he's just he's killing it at the moment. And, and I'm just so happy that this is another, another phase or era in his career where he's, you know, in, in such good form and people can't, you know, you can't rip him about this. He's, this is... This is new Prince. Third Eye Girl is what Prince is at the moment. Forget about people, you know, bagging the NPG because they're a bit cabaret at the moment or there's too many horn players or whatever. Third Eye Girl is what he's in, he's enjoying it so much and you can see it. And he, so he should. I reckon the album's going to be better than expected. I think people are finally appreciating Third Eye Girl and they've just tore London up, tore it up. Good for them. So the the run's pretty much over now, isn't it? Like the hit and run tour, if you can call it that. 
on it's, Saturday it's night, Friday and Saturday night just passed. He Sounds went up to Manchester to play, you know, up north. And on Saturday yeah. night, he played a yeah. three and a half hour show with six encores, which my friends were at. And apparently, my friend went <laughs> to nearly every single show. She went to Camden, the Electric Ballroom, the two shows, and then Shepherd's Bush, <laughs> then with me to Coco's and to King's Place. The only gig this girl missed was Ronnie Scott's. And that was the one we all wanted to be at. That well, would have been, people, that would have been li- people like into. again were lining up all day. It's in Soho, and it's tiny. They're tiny little streets, so it was a bit of an interesting one lining up there. Apparently, it was raining as well. People lined up all day, and again were numbering their hands themselves. You know, to except keep for the, the celebrities, check. they just walked but straight in. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened when it was sort of time for doors. Kate Moss walked in, Noel Gallagher walked in, Stephen Fry walked in, Adele walked in, Cara Delevingne walked in and, you know, just bypassed all these hardcore fans that had been there all day queuing just because they're, you know, what, you know, two-bit celebrities. And it kicked off. It was in the papers. People weren't happy. The fans were booing them all. And I mean, but rightly so. Ronnie Scott's, if you don't know it, is a very, very famous, maybe the most famous jazz club in the country. And anyone who's anyone, if you play at Ronnie Scott's, that, that is so iconic. And, you know, you can't really get better than that. So everyone wanted to go to this club. Everybody at this stage knew that his saxophonist was here in the country. And maybe that's why Prince had brought him out. So he had, you know, some sax at the Ronnie Scott's gig to make it a little bit more jazz heavy. Tell me about the, the furious hippie jazz fans who got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest story I read. <laughs> they were furious that their show got bumped because Prince wanted to play there. I thought that was the mm. funniest thing. Well, I know that I know that Prince and Third Eye Girl were the la- billed as the late late show. They were they played from midnight to sort of two shows between midnight and three a.m. If if there was some <laughs> furious hippie jazz fans missing out, well, I'm sure Ronnie Scotts will have that show on again the next night. Then they weren't going to pass up. The- the chance to have Prince play. They were making um, Ronnie Scott's management were making these big announcements saying, "Please do not call us. You know, we're overwhelmed with uh, phone calls and emails. Just stop contacting us, basically." Yeah, <laughs> I saw that on Facebook. They set up the, um, an answering phone message saying, "If you're calling about Prince, yeah, just stop, <laughs> stop. <laughs> when we find out what's happening, you'll be the first to know." <laughs> but that, like, that's that is a tiny place. I've never been there, but I I know from the. Um, a DVD, a concert was filmed and, and released on DVD and Blu-ray there um, by Jeff Beck, who I'm also a massive fan of. And, you know, like you, you get a really good idea from watching the footage of that particular gig of kind of the um, dimensions of that place. Like it's so small. And uh, obviously, I don't think they would have had this for Prince. But in in this show that I'm talking about, for Jeff Beck, every, everyone was sitting down at a little dinner table and and they had glasses of wine there and stuff. And literally, like, you can YouTube it. You see Jeff Begg, you know, pulling off these incredible guitar solos. And he's he's literally, you know, five or ten centimeters away from knocking someone's glass yeah. over. That's how small the place is and how intimate it is. And I just, I would have loved, and, you know, we, we all have our, our own little fantasies. But I would have loved for a gig like that to have been filmed and cleaned up and edited and then just put out, you know. Because... To me, 150, 200, however many people got into that gig, compared to how many people wanted to get into that gig, that would have been like a great opportunity to say, for everyone that missed out, 
And for anyone who's interested, here's a you know here's a, a document of that tour. Even as I'm talking this, I know exactly what you guys are saying. What are you saying? Yeah. What are you saying? That there was but, a yeah. logical thing to do and he didn't do it? <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, Precisely. look, the, the, whole, the whole tour has definitely but, uh, been yeah. documented and filmed. Hannah's boyfriend, yeah, like everything else. There's been like cameras there else. at every single show. There's been cameras following the band around. I've been hearing rumours of a bit of a documentary that's sort of being compiled, which will probably never see the light of day. We know, we know the truth <laughs> of this, but there is footage of all of these shows at Paisley, you know, so maybe maybe he'll give us something because um, I would say he's kind of proud about what's just happened in London. So you never know. And with the Ronnie Scott's gig, he was on piano because mm. it was too small for the guitar. He was getting feedback from the Abs- speakers. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. And, and people were a bit upset That's about classic. it, rightly so, but I would be so happy with a piano, just Prince on the piano, wouldn't you? I think a lot of the people couldn't see him as well, too many heads in the way, and then with Prince sitting down at the piano, there was a lot of sort of fighting for space and people couldn't see him and all the celebrities in the mix were drinking apparently um, and just having a bit of a party. Like, <laughs> don't waste these experiences by intoxicating yourself. Do you not realise what you're seeing? No, Gallagher didn't even know Prince was there. He was just going there for another night of drinking. Just, it was just another night out. He, he had no idea. What? He was this guy on stage. I'd love to get Noel on the show to get his thoughts, <laughs> just to see if he could remember anything from the night. That'd no, I, I love that those celebrities Sorry, were there because, you know, that was the press night. That was the Apparently, there was paparazzi absolutely everywhere on the streets in Soho trying to catch a glimpse of Prince with his cane and his um white beanie on covering up his fro which is you know that was a cool look that was a different look for a different kind of gig a different venue that was the night that the rumors have now started about Adele and Prince possibly maybe recording and writing a tr- new track together uh I don't think it should if if it's possible I don't think it should happen that sounds a little bit wrong to me see if we think that then it's probably going to happen. <laughs> you know, there's some things that should really stay in the vault, and he puts them out, and there's other things that we want which won't It'll come out. It'll be Prince and Adele live in London. Oh, oh. Full show on DVD. No! <laughs> and then after that, it was the Brits. Yeah, they did the Brits, which was really cool. Um, apparently, they did the Brits, the Brits wouldn't let him play for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe because he would have just completely um, showed everybody else up. He let the girls walk out in front of him, wow, I did. proving yet again how much he's not in this for himself at the moment. He's letting these three women shine. You know how he is. He just walks out, total swag. The room goes crazy, says a few lines. James Corden takes a selfie with him. Um, you now, know, that goes, ask, that goes viral. Nikki, is the selfie yeah. planned or unplanned? Because there's much debate online. There what, is much debate online. Yeah. James Corden, for those who don't know him, was the host of The Brits. He's a actor and comedian, really famous in this country. People were saying, who's this random guy that just ran up on stage and took a selfie with Prince? No, he was the host of the show, all right? So planned or unplanned, it didn't really matter. James Corden may have thought, oh, I'll do this really funny thing and just run up and take a selfie. But, you know, in my opinion, it would have been past by Prince before happening, you know. But if it hadn't, Prince, you know, rolled with it and it was great. That photo went viral. It was everywhere. It was a great photo with Hannah, like, photobombing in the background. Very, yeah. very cool. But then he deleted it himself, didn't he? Yeah, it did get deleted. So, you know, 
you know, mm. again, just adding to the mystique. Yes. It's like when we had our selfies with him, they're all gone. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I know, right? gone. And then after mm. the Brits, it was Manchester. Yeah, Manchester. I wasn't, I wasn't there at Manchester, unfortunately, but my friends were, and they said the final night in Manchester, you know, was the culmination of everything and the best show of the whole Hit and Run tour. You know, of course they say that to me just to upset me, but um, I think they got, they got three, three and a half hours, six encores, every, basically every track that's been played. It was like a, you know, a 50-song set list or something ridiculous like that. Um, and again... They were sort of in the queue for about six hours with all the people in Manchester who'd been waiting. Six hours. Been, Captain, shut up. Like, as uh, if. Come on. Like, it's it's Prince. You, this, this, <laughs> shut up. You're such a... <laughs> come on. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> six hours. You don't have... You don't have to just sit there. Like, people go off yeah. for lunch Nikki, and stuff. Nikki will push your wheelchair, Captain. Oh, okay. That could work. That could work. But how how lucky are you? I mean, you're in London and, and you know, we, we all know how much of a fan you are. And and then this happens. You know, that would have been a dream come true. You don't even really have to travel. You just... It's very suspicious just around the corner, me. as they say. So, <laughs> it's just... How far away are you from Manchester? What's the distance? Oh, from Manchester, I'm like three hours, maybe. Okay. Oh, that's nothing. Oh, it is nothing. It absolutely you would, is nothing. You wouldn't travel three hours work. when you queue up for six. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, no, I had to get back to work. I, I unfortunately couldn't just follow him around this tour. I, as much as I would have liked to, I missed I missed a lot of shows. I only went to three shows. <laughs> only three. It's like, that's, a lo- that's a lot of music. Plus a sound check, yeah, well. you know, that kind of stuff. Maybe it's just, maybe it's, I'm getting older, but I kind of feel like... Now, just hold on, hold on. Uh, this might be controversial, but I kind of feel like sometimes seeing less shows makes the experience more enjoyable. And I say that from the point of view of, like, that the, the Aussie tour in 2012, right? I saw every show bar two of the Melbourne gigs, which is a lot of main shows, a lot of, con- like, hours and hours. And, and you know, by the end, when I, when I flew to, to meet Toe Jam in Brizzy for that last Brizzy show, it was just... It was overload. It was actually too much of a good thing. And I know that, you know, we're all massive fans and everyone's got, you know, everyone's got their own kind of deal. But for me, it was like, it was actually too much. And, and that's why we, we actually left early and we left early for other reasons. It was just too much. We wanted to so get we to the after show. So but the, after the thing show. is, it was just... <laughs> and, yeah, and because yeah, it was too yeah, much, yeah. you still went to Melbourne for another show. But <laughs> <laughs> another main show. <laughs> but then... You'd had your fill. But it was too much. But it was, it was just too much. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Very good. It was just a too much. I don't know. I, 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 I do think that you can... It's a smaller Look, doses, I, I, I don't it makes it more potent you, to be honest, kind of, kind of I don't deal. I disagree with you, know? you at all, actually. I went for five days. I was there from Thursday to Monday. And within that weekend, I saw King's Place, two shows at Coco, and a sound check. You know, and I was absolutely exhausted and ruined after that. It's a big weekend, you know. Yeah. So, um, and I, I'm not unhappy with the fact mm. I didn't see some other shows. I, sure, I would have liked to have gone to something else if work would have permitted. But 
I'm not I'm not complaining at all and I I got everything plus more mm. that I wanted out of it. You know, cuz you I went to London with not knowing if I'd see him at all because of this hit and run thing. It's going on a whim and on a chance. And yeah. look what I look what I got to look, look what I saw. Yeah. Sound Sound check. Yes. Baby. Amazing. Yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't get better than yeah. that. That experience can't yeah. be tainted by then, you know, going to another show possibly and you know, mm. people and not getting in, you know, people queuing up and then yeah. not making yeah. the cut. I had the perfect experience. Yeah. yeah. So out of out of those three yeah, exactly. shows, does that mean you've seen Endorphin Machine three times? <laughs> and in Montreux, <laughs> remember. Um so, yes. Still That's four cool. times more than I've ever seen it. <laughs> Are they still playing it the same way? Because Montreux was a bit like no, you jigged it's, it a bit. It's it was pretty kind much of, same, yeah, and with, kind with of... lots of heavy cowbell. That's hard yeah. work, really hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think Josh is like in the band now. He just he he played he played some. He was playing. Yeah, I don't keys get it. What's the story? At one there? point, um, he's kind of like the unnamed un- <laughs> unnamed fifth member of the band. It's you know, he. I think he does quite a lot. It's a family affair. You know, you've got Josh there. He reminds me of a bear. Of a what? Of a bear. He's like a mascot bear. Oh, <laughs> right. Just get around, doing a weird dance, playing a cowbell. <laughs> he reminds me of a bear. Like a mascot bear. <laughs> Is it just me? <laughs> yeah, I think it's you. <laughs> oh, well. Imagine if he came out dressed in like a big foam cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone gets to whack him with a stick. I'd have a go at that. <laughs> this is for endorphin machine. Whack. <laughs> so, Nikki, what's your prediction now that he's finished up in Manchester? Has he gone back home, or is he going somewhere else in Europe? Hiding out. What's your hunch? My hunch is that they were going to go to Paris. But I'm really not sure. They may have gone back to the States. You never, never know. He said that was the last show before the record drops. So maybe, yes, maybe they have gone back to America and we're going to get the record in the next month, hopefully. You know, there's been... with Liv Warfield's album came out and she was getting a lot of hype from all the Prince fans. And I think now everybody's really chomping at the bit again for Plectrum Electrum to just, you know, let us have it, please. We've nearly had half the singles half the songs we've you know we've got fix your life up we've got a screwdriver etc etc pretzel body logic which i love you know so hopefully this is like more than a 12 album track because we kind of know a few of them already um we want we're waiting we're waiting for a full album and he says it's coming so and most of this is detailed in the mojo interview which comes out there today is that right I he says so. it's I've... coming out soon <laughs> yeah like like the like the montro dvd coming soon <laughs> Still well, waiting for that one. <laughs> those Montreux shows were recently played in Paisley Park at one of his like pajama parties. So, you know, some that, people have gotten to see it. You can't play it to fifty people and go, "Oh, there, I fulfilled my obligation. I said coming soon." <laughs> people got to see it, so I'm done. That's it. So, all my employees have now seen the footage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this new album thing. Who and you know we. We won't go into it now because we've spent countless hours online and offline talking about it amongst ourselves. But I will ask Nikki, you know, you've heard some of this material more than any of us have live, you know, in the room. 
and that's always a different experience. It's almost like that comparison that, that plenty of Prince fans make of, remember when 3121 came out and he, he did that version of Fury on Saturday Night Live? And then people heard that the version that, that's on the album and they were like, oh, that sounds a bit watered down and, and kind of polished. So there's all this material that people are going ape over um, when they hear the gigs. And my kind of thinking now is like, well, if the album comes out and it's it's predominantly a lot of the stuff that he's playing now, how's it going to translate? You know, because I, I don't think he can ever compare to to a, like a, a live recording. Like literally if they tape one of these Third Eye Girl shows and release that as the album, I reckon that'd be a lot better, just a lot more dynamic and, and kind of exciting to listen to. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what you, you... I mean, you've seen the gig, so it's like... I don't do you, know. Do you have Maybe like there's an, the, it's um, not even a big deal. screwdriver, fix your life up sort of digital singles? And what do you think? Like as a studio version, yeah. they're not, you know, good, bad? Because I think live, those songs, you're right, they translate at a completely different level. So Yeah, it's not that the songs, are, that the studio versions are, 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 not, are not enjoyable to listen to, but it's like yeah. the live stuff is just so much better. And... Usually what would happen in the in the Prince world is, you know, maybe just before an album release, he'll play a couple of the songs live. But usually it's the album's released and then everything happens after that. And this time it feels like it's been like a year, really closer to two years actually, or even longer than that, where he's been playing all this material and people are familiar with it in a live, you know, in a live setting. And like we've said, you know, we've spoken to you about your experiences seeing these shows and to me, it's like, well, if they come out in the studio versions, aren't you going to be just hungry to hear the live stuff again? I don't know. Maybe that, that's what you know the song the shows. "Punk and Roll," again, which is but, one he's uh, been playing at shows recently, guys. If that is on the record and that studio version, mm-hmm. I think will kill it. That song is really, really great live as well. But I haven't heard anything. No, there's no studio version yet. Like the breakdown, everybody's heard the breakdown. We just want the studio version. I don't think that's going to be on this record, though. So, like you say, there are there are quite a few tracks being mm. played that everyone's really familiar with now, but half of them may not even be on this record. So, you know, we take what we get. That's 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 what we have to do. And really, it's just another album. At the end of the day, like who cares? You know, he can just keep touring for the. And next so he season, should. And exactly, it's good, even better. Right? Really, yeah. I mean, he's in he's in a really he's in a really cool and powerful place at the moment with this new band. He's got two bands for God's sake. He can get up in you know one morning and feel like he wants you know a really funky horn section to play with him and go do some huge arena, or he can think, oh, I feel like playing with the girls today and play you know, a really, really small, cool venue and just, like, thrash it out and wail on his guitar. It's whatever he wants to do when... I mean, that's Prince, isn't it, right? Like, you can't tell him what to do. And we were lucky to have him, you know, in this place at the moment because he hasn't been like this on his on his guitar and he's playing the bass again. You know, he's really, really... He's really feeling it. It's really dirty at the moment. It's really fresh. So I think we should all be really, really grateful because he doesn't have to do anything. Like I said before, he doesn't have to tour. He can just sit back, doesn't have to, you know, give us any music. So I just stop complaining, you people, because we're, you know... Take what you're given because we're given a lot. Peach and Black complain? <laughs> we, we, we haven't complained about anything yet. Wait till we start complaining on the show. That That's going to make for some interesting listening. So, um, I got a question. What else can we talk about? Um, Probably not a lot. About I think we've the covered most unnecessary stage prop of the symbol mic stand. Oh, yes. Oh, what are your thoughts on that? Because just, you know, from someone who's obviously <laughs> in a totally other continent and seeing the pictures, and I think, wow, it looks the stage looks awesome, but then you've got this massive 
symbol in the front of the mic stand and i just know like one of the experiences of going to a prince concert is you know watching him work the fretboard and it's like i'd be really annoyed if i was right up close and then just having a symbol in the way all the times it's not so much in the way when he performs that it's more that it just looks a bit stupid i mean it came out the first time we all saw that was those mohegan sun shows in um, Connecticut at the end of last year with the NPG, those three arena shows he did. And I thought, God, that looks a bit tacky, doesn't it? It looks tacky, yeah. To be quite fair, it didn't take away from anything at the shows I saw at the Coco. It didn't, it kind of, I'm kind of into it now. It's like the fro. I didn't really like it at first, but now it's growing on me. So I don't, I don't mind it. It's also kind of nice to see a bit of symbolism, a bit of his sort of, um, you know, th- harking back, throwing back. He's still Prince, he's still the symbol. You know, we don't have that big stage anymore. Are we ever going to see that stage again? I don't know. So I think it's kind of nice to have a little bit of the symbol there in Third Eye Girl set because that's, you know, not what Third Eye Girl is. It's growing on me, but yeah, I thought it did look a little bit tacky at the beginning, but because it's two, it's got two symbols on it, doesn't it? It's got one at the top with the mic, yeah, a little small one, and then the bigger yeah. one on the actual stand. Cluttered. <laughs> I don't know. I think it looks. I mean, from the pictures again, like we haven't attended the shows like you have. I thought it was cool, as in. You know, it's like, it's him. It's it, it's customised. I like it when people do stuff like yeah. that, not just, you know, stand in front of a yeah. microphone. No, in you know, some of the pictures, I do think, I think it looks, re- I think it looks cool. Third Eye Girl don't have much else on their stage. You know, they've got those little, those three flaming sort of prop things that are at the back of the stage. And then he's got all these chains all over the um, keys. But now with the symbol mic, I think it's cool. And it doesn't really get in the way because it's quite high up, really. But, I mean, he's quite short, so... Uh, Some of the videos they've been putting out on the Third Eye Girl YouTube are pretty cool. Uh, I think there was... What was it? Chaos and Disorder? They put one out? That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was amazing. That one was... Yeah, Shepherd's no, I Bush. Like I wish I was at Shepherd's Bush. That I wish I could talk more about it, but that show was epic, at, you know, in all in all senses of the word. People were just raving, like raving lyrical about that show. And they had all queued up in the rain for like 10 hours. They were delivered hot chocolate, apparently, from Prince. They were all given purple um, umbrellas. So once, by the time they got in there, you know, the crowd was in an absolute frenzy and... That's that's this hit and run tour has just been that it's been an absolute frenzy to try to see him in these secret secret gigs. So it's just cr- built so much hype and so much um, supply and demand, really, isn't it? Like he only played I think about eight shows or something, but everybody was desperate to get into one, and it's sort of just been like the talk of Twitter and the talk of the the press. Where is the next show? You know, what's he going to do tonight? And, he, you know, he, he shook it up. He did an acoustic Q&A. He's done Third Eye Girl gigs. He did, a, you know, he did a jazz set at Ronnie Scott's. You know, he had a press conference. He had Leanne Le Havre. So, you know, he's been he's been doing, it's not just a normal tour, this hit and run thing. It's back from the 90s when he used to do really cool hit and run shows. But this one, this one really worked. It's so London. I don't think you could get away with it in many other cities. It's just so London and the people, we just, we ate it up. We ate it up. Yeah. As you were talking about that, I was thinking back to, to Sydney or to Brisbane or Melbourne, you know, for all of us Aussie folks. And you're right. I don't think that, I think the vibe would be very different. Again, I've never been in London, but it just sounds, I mean, you know, obviously more people, probably more of a Cosmo type vibe. But I'm thinking Captain 
myself, Tojem and Player would still go absolutely nuts. Like if it was a hit and run thing, I think we'd be more excited than than <laughs> than anyone because it's like you're right. If you know there's a show coming up in a month, you know the venue, you've you've got time to prepare, you start expecting things. Where it's like if you get a Twitter or a tweet, you know, message tonight that there's a gig on you know this afternoon that there's a gig on tonight, we would be I don't care what you say, Captain, you would be in your car quicker like you wouldn't even you wouldn't grab your keys, you just run out <laughs> <laughs> you know, you would you I would be know. out of there. You would quit hit and run. What? When's the last What's time you did hit and run? Think about it. Who cares? Who cares? He's just doing it. Two thousand and one. No, it's when, an it's an awesome. You bought a ticket it for a matter. show that's in a awesome week, tactic. or like, you find out an hour before the show. It's still just a show. The reason you find no, out about it doesn't make any difference, is that? To me. Captain. So yeah, wow, you must have had a fantastic time. I'm jealous. It was pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> just going and hanging out with my friends and experiencing that with them makes it, you know, even more sort of special. I was with Danny and Ash. Yeah, because okay, okay, yeah, you so, mentioned I mean, Danny I was, before, so I thought, I thought... I'm with the Montreux um, crew. That like, they're, my, they're my girls now. We, we d- they, <laughs> they've run around the... Cu- they, you know, Danny went to every show except Ronnie Scott's. But also, it's a, I don't live in London. I'm out, I'm out of London. So it wasn't... If I was in London, I probably would have gone to more. No, there's nothing. There's <laughs> nothing crazy about it. <laughs> At least that's what I think. I mean, I, I got this feeling again. Going back to the Aussie tour, it was like when I knew there were, I don't know, three shows coming up. That the way I approached that first show was just odd. It was strange. If you knew that there was only the one show and that's it, yeah. you're gonna treat that differently. Whereas, you know, by the end of the first show, if I'm like, oh, that, yeah, that was that was pretty good, but I'm sure that, you know, the next two he's going to slay. <laughs> you know. I, still, I still haven't heard Endorphin, but I'm sure he's going to, I'm sure he's going to play it. So there's all this stuff that you do as a great lunatic Prince fan where you're like, oh, okay, so if he doesn't play it at this show, he'll probably play it at the other one. <laughs> and if he doesn't play it at the other one, he has to play it at the third one. And then you get into this Well, he didn't play of, it at the main show, um, so he's got to play it at the after yourself. show. Whereas, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if it's not this after show, next week I'm sure they'll announce another after show. And you can't, you're not really, you're not really just going, at least for me, for my experience, I wasn't, at some of those Aussie shows, I was there and I was like, man, this is, I'm really kind of being spoiled here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> some people have never seen a single show and I'm spending like you know, <laughs> half my yearly earnings yeah. in the space of, of a few weeks to just travel around the country. And it's good for what it is. And I think if you, if you came back to Australia next week, it's just really hard to resist. If you Have can you noticed that Third Eye Girl doesn't do after yeah. shows? There's no after shows anymore. They haven't done. They haven't done any. Maybe yeah, I don't know yeah. what that's about. But well, well it, it is. is. The whole show is like an after show, really. I mean, it's like three yeah, or four people well, on stage so, I mean, playing it's rare, rare songs. songs now. But how many times he's been playing? Um, She's always in my hair. Like you never take the place of your man. Crimson and Clover a bit. Something in the water since Sydney. So. You know, he's been playing those reworked versions since mm. Sydney's two, two and a half, nearly two and a half years now. And yes, they are rarities for people that haven't been to all the shows like we have. But just, eh, I'm getting, like, bring out something else now. I need, you know, pull back Computer Blue. Like, imagine Third Eye Girl doing oh, Computer Blue. That'd be like, awesome. Yeah, I've, I've had that thought before. <laughs> that'd be nuts. But you know what? I don't want him to do it. I don't want him to do it. I, I think it'll be he'll 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 do something to ruin it for me. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting like I'm anticipating I'm anticipating some some weird speech about technology in the 21st century or something. Some you know 
crazy i you know ipad reference it's going to be bad i mean there's um, so many yeah, tracks so. we could all say i wish you'd play this i wish you'd play that but you know the fact he's still playing she's always in my hair could i can die a happy woman i mean uh, Nikki, just do you have default. any shout outs Yes, I have a few shout-outs. I have to shout-out DNA and Dam. So Danny and Ashley and Maddie and all my friends that I met in the queues and just in London and Marcus and Hassan and all of the hashtag Prince Army, hashtag Prince Watch people on Twitter. We've had a really great tour and we're really, really lucky. And, um, like, see you next time. Thank you for a funky time, Nikki. Call us up whenever you want to Skype. <laughs> <laughs> You got it, baby. That's close. <laughs> <laughs> I got awesome. some shout-outs. When I used to live in London about 10 years ago, I used to go to the Prince fan meetups there, and I know a few of the guys went to the shows. So, Chopin, I know he's out there. He was a massive fan. Moonrap, and I can't remember the names of anyone else. So, if they're out there, I hope you enjoyed the episode. All right. All right, all right. And thanks again, Nikki, for coming on the show. Thank you for waking up with the time difference and um, bringing your energy to the Peach and Black crew unofficial fifth member and yeah hopefully uh they get back to london they get their behinds back to london sometime there's all these rumors you know all the usual stuff glastonbury hyde park but you never never know (laughs) you never never know what you're gonna get so fingers crossed and coming soon look out for the peach and black next survey coming soon i was just gonna say uh, do we want to say anything cryptic about what we're what, uh, no, what, no, okay. We're, we're as cryptic as Prince. Okay. People are just going to have to wait. We'll just do a hit and run to a hidden, hidden run survey. <laughs> Podcast. Yeah. Hit the button and run. It is so, what yeah. it is. So that's about it. That's all I got anyway. Yeah, you gave me an interesting idea. How cool would it be to see like um, a battle of the bands, but not not between Third Eye Girl and MPG, but I'm thinking more along the lines of, mm-hmm. yeah. you guys are all familiar with Jack White? All right, so you know how in the last like year or two he's been touring and he's had the same sort of thing. He's had these two bands. The only thing is, um, and, and I caught one of his shows in Sydney where he did this, he, he travels with an all-female band called the Peacocks and these players are just nasty, like they are something else. And then he's got an alternate band, which are all guys, or an all-male band called the Buzzards, or the Buzzards, um, and all great musicians there. And it's like, you know, he alternates. Sometimes you'll do two in one night, sometimes you'll do one, one, one band on one night, one night on the other. I think it would be great to see Jack White versus Prince, like, as, a, as an event. That'd be, that, this is another one of MC's magical, twisted fantasies that make no, absolutely no, <laughs> no sense to anyone else but me. I would love to see that because he's always about you know the you know it's all about real music and real musicians. All right, I'll put your money where your mouth is. Jack White goes on at seven. You go on at eight. Jack White goes on again at nine. You go on at ten. And you know, let's see what happens. Anyway, your dreams make no sense to no one but yourself. Moving on. <laughs> I was gonna say, Jack, if you're out there, let me see you dance. Oh. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.